Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 153, and today we are going to be discussing long-distance relationships, especially when abroad, and are they worth it? So stay tuned to find out what our thoughts are. Jared and I have both been in long-distance relationships abroad, um, and we'll talk about the successes and failures and why we think that they were successful or failed, and what you can do if you are going to be in a long-distance relationship. Whether or not you're abroad or not, it doesn't really matter, but how to handle long-distance relationships. So my buddy, the uh, certified, qualified, and uh, expertise relationship counselor, Jared, what's going on, Jared? That's true. I am a certified professional relationship expert. That's also why the uh, current divorce rate is hovering around 50% probably too. So, you know, take my advice with a grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> but please um, spread a little love. Follow us on Instagram. It's the namesake of our podcast, Untranslatable Podcast. Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. Uh, five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, please. Pleasure. <laughs> Um, you can also uh, look at us on YouTube as we say these words, um, and you can find our songs of the pod that we'll talk about one later today as well uh, on our song of the pod playlist playlist song of the pod playlist on our untranslatable podcast YouTube channel. Hey, um, you know, I, you know, I was thinking about our last episode, our last episode, shall I say, and I was wondering as. Um, I actually want to ask you this then, but I was like, no, you know what? This is my episode about our, my American apps. This is not for Chad. But it got me thinking when I was thinking about Twitter and, and Facebook and all that stuff. Are, is there like trending trending topics in, in China, like trending news? I would assume so. You're asking the wrong guy. You need to ask somebody who actually can understand Chinese news. Um, right. But you have, but we chat have doesn't have to like watch. top stories or anything anywhere. WeChat just WeChat just has moments. I don't know if there's a news or a story fun like there's WeChat, gotta be you some get sort like of news related function. Probably I would assume if you follow a news outlet on WeChat there would be, but I don't right. follow any news outlets. So that would be my guess. And I'm I'm sure there are. I mean I'm I'm sure there are. I mean But see, it's funny. I've been asked by some people in the United States, you know, what are people in China's thoughts on everything going on in Hong Kong right now? Mm-hmm. And uh it's a really sensitive topic here in China. Um, if you come to China, what, what most people will tell you is there are certain topics to avoid. Um, they used to call it the three T's, which is uh, Taiwan, Tibet, and Tiananmen Square. You don't really discuss those three topics. But now there's an H added to the three T's, which is now Hong Kong because of what's going on. Um, when I was in Beijing a few weeks ago, uh, there was this really drunk... I don't know if he was Korean or Chinese uh, Chinese guy because I thought I thought I overheard him telling somebody that he was Korean. But anyways, uh, he kept like yelling and people. And now, granted, where we were at it was mostly foreigners, not Chinese people. But he kept like he was drunk and he kept yelling like, "Hong Kong is China! Hong Kong is China!" And people just like scowled at him and were like, "Dude, like what? Whatever your political belief is on Hong Kong, like still like shut the fuck up, like." You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be saying <laughs> this those is not things. Not the way to like, express them, right? Um, so I'm sure there is a lot of trending news. The problem is, is that I, you know, don't follow any news outlets on WeChat, and I'm not on Weibo. So, um, but I'm assuming a lot of that would probably be more on Weibo, based on my my little understanding of the social media platform. Like the format. Now, I will tell you though, Jared. Uh, I will tell you. Thank you. The format. I will tell you though. 
I do have my TV is a smart TV here at my apartment. I have it hooked up to Wi-Fi. And uh, I can watch all sorts of shows, series, and also get Chinese news. So hmm. once in a while, I will try to watch Chinese news. But Do the they funny thing is, they don't. Okay. Uh, well, I have to see if there's an option on my TV to... Do probably subtitles. Not, I don't know why there would there be. There probably is an figure is it's probably Chinese characters. Um but anyways oh, the funny thing is I, I pick up words here and there when I watch the news. Usually the word I pick up the most is um Zhongguo, and Zhongguo is Chinese for China. Okay. Um so you hear that word a lot. Mm-hmm. Um when I was in Harbin uh last weekend, uh breaking the fourth wall here. Uh, the funny thing was, is that I was watching the news while I was eating dinner and I also heard, uh, Meguo, which is America. And they were talking about, um, something going on with America and I think Iran. Cause I saw the, I don't know if it's the prime minister or what the correct title is for the, the head of Iran. Um, but there was pictures of Trump, there was pictures of him and they were talking about it. Um, but I really only picked up like a couple words here and there. So, but to my long-winded answer, Jared, for your very simple question is, I don't know. If they, I'm, but I'm assuming there are trending topics and stuff. Right. Um, I'm just not on those platforms. Right. It's a good question. Okay. Just curious. Um, because I, I always, um, like, that's always one of my first places that I go to look on Twitter is the, uh, if you go to, like, the little search button, there's all those trending topics. Mm. And I'm like, I wonder what, like, if Chad is keyed in in any sort of sense to what's happening over there. Oh, I'm not, but maybe now I should be. Yeah. Oh wait, no, that's something. I think that's something completely different. <laughs> I just uh, saw a hashtag. I'm excited. Oh no, I just saw a hashtag. I'm I'm looking at my trending topics right now. Oh no, mm-hmm. this is something completely different. I saw L what hashtag L H H H H, and I'm like, oh, that's what you were talking about. But now that I'm looking at this, I'm seeing. I think it's like um something, something Housewives of Hollywood. Oh, wait. Love and Hip Hop Hollywood is what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's completely different. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. So never mind. Because as soon as I started showing like, sure. all these GIFs and memes, I was like, I feel like this is not uh, foreign policy related. <laughs> Probably not. You never know, though. You never know, uh, especially on Twitter. I got to ask, though, Jared, speaking of Twitter, mm-hmm. what's, been, what's been going on in the black Twitter sphere lately? In the black Twitter sphere, why is there something specific mm-hmm. you you want to ask about? No, I just I'm curious about <laughs> you know. Usually, there's a lot of funny stuff on black huh. Twitter. That's an interest. Um, well, I, mean, I figured you've been looking at it, but maybe not. Uh, yeah, but my Twitter, my like the trending stuff is more generic than that. Um, okay. Oh, although uh, scientists are serious about bringing back zeppelins for green travel, <laughs> we could talk. How do you feel about that? There we go. If we want to talk about trending okay, topics, we we recently okay. talked about modes of transportation, and I mentioned that um, there's really not much that that would make me want to be on a blimp, and I stand right. by that. Um, but apparently, scientists, according to one zero. Uh, uh, they're they're like they're put, putting in place plans to build a like a commercial zeppelin, which is a blimp. Um, Interesting. This seems like a terrible idea. Uh, Greta Thunberg sailed across the Atlantic in a zero emission sailboat to protest. Okay, this is they're just talking. Uh, while interest in early dirigibles, which is another, have you heard of that word before? Dirigible. 
That's Georgia another word for a. Uh, uh, that's another word for a blimp. Uh, Wanted after they proved to slow and occasionally too dangerous. Climate change is making plane travel increasingly contentious. That's true. It is very uh, uh, polluting, polluting, polluting. Uh, Now some scientists are considering airships as a serious trans... Yeah, no, I'm not into it. I don't even feel like reading the stupid article. I'm not into it. I don't want to ride my blimp. (laughs) Also, how fast is that blimp going to be? Like, like, where are you going? I don't know. Might as well take a ship at that point, probably. Yeah, and I don't want to do that either. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm I'm surprised though that that there hasn't been a way to, um, I'm really surprised there hasn't been a way to make airplane travel greener. Like, can you not put like, I don't know enough about solar energy, but I wonder if th- there's got to be another way you can power it other than you know, like uh like like gasoline or diesel or whatever fuel they use. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people do talk about the potential for electric uh, airplanes, but that seems terrifying as well, especially if, if you're going over like an ocean or something. Right. True. That's true. Yeah. Who knows? We'll we'll see what the future brings. I'm curious to see what. Uh, but uh, I'll say um, my Twitter has been very filled with Disney Plus talk this day, and that crosses over into all communities. That's black, white. So um, of there's course. been. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of Disney Plus talk going out on my uh, on my uh, Twitter. Which sure, I, do you have Verizon? No, I have AT and T. Okay, because I think if you have Verizon, you actually get uh, like a free year of Disney Plus or something like that. Oh, really? I don't really care. I don't think yeah. I care though. Like, I don't think I I don't care about any of the really Disney movies. Yeah, there are some Disney movies I really liked, but none that I'm itching to watch. I, what, what ones are your favorite, buddy? My favorite Disney movies, probably Aladdin's up there. Um, Aladdin's a good one. Toy Story is not Disney. That's not Disney, is it? I don't know. I think it's Pixar. But yeah, didn't no, that's Disney, not Disney buy Pixar? Yeah, but Toy Story I think was before that. Um, right. Uh, yeah, are you a Buzz Lightyear or a Woody guy? Um. Yeah, maybe I'm not a huge Toy Story fan. I don't really care either way. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> definitely not. Then it's one or the other, my man. Which one are you? One or the other? I think you can guess. Toy, uh, you're uh, Woody. Oh yeah, yep. I did have a Buzz Lightyear toy back in the day. So oh, we're, nice. we're we're like a modern day Buzz Lightyear and Woody. We are <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Oh, that's There's my line. Snake in How my dare boot. you? <laughs> I don't even uh, know what's happening anymore. All right, do you uh, do you want to um, <laughs> spread a little love? Of course, Jared. That okay. is one of the one of the big things that we love to do on this podcast is try to send some good vibes into the universe and spread some love with some shout outs. So I have two shout outs today, Jared. I don't know why, but I guess I had uh, money on my mind when I was looking for shout outs today. Um, and my first one goes out to Abdallah Chatila, who is a Lebanese businessman who had bought... Now, let me tell the entire story, Jared, before you give your feedback, because I know exactly (laughs) the moment I say this, you're going to be like, what? But let me finish my sentence. So a Lebanese businessman has purchased um, some very prominent Nazi items and has (laughs) donated them, uh, wait, and has donated them um, to to people in Israel. Um, I don't know if it was... What they are doing with the items, frankly, I don't really care. But 
Uh, Abdallah uh, Chatilla said he purchased the items to prevent them from being used as neo-Nazi propaganda. The Swiss-based entrepreneur, who is from Lebanon, uh, bought uh, and donated the items, Adolf Hitler's top hat, to uh, the Israeli fundraising organization Karen Haisad. The auction had been sharply criticized by Jewish groups. Mr. Chatila spent about 600,000 euros on 10 items during the auction held by the Munich-based auction house Hermann Historica. He is one of Switzerland's 300 wealthiest people, having made his fortune in diamonds and real estate in Geneva. Far-right populism and anti-Semitism are spreading all over Europe and around the world, Mr. Chatila told the Swiss newspaper uh, Le, Mat- Le Matin de Manche. Uh, I did not want these objects to fall in the wrong hands and be used by people with dishonest intentions. In addition to the hat, the items he purchased includes Hitler's cigar box and typewriter, as well as a, as well as a silver-covered edition of Hitler's autobiographical Mein Kampf. His actions were praised by Jewish groups, including the European Jewish Association, which said the auction items held little historic value and would have been bought by individuals who glorified Nazism. So there you go. So, um, yeah, I think that's really great. The crazy thing, though, Jared, and this, and I would agree that I don't know why you would have an auction auction to sell these things, but apparently the auction featured 147 items specifically re- related to Nazi Germany and among more than 800 uh, German historical collectibles from 1919. Now, I will say this about the collectibles. I think those would be good for a museum. Well, like trading because cards? these are also. I don't know. Could be. Could be <laughs> I got probably, a Goebbels. Who do you um, have? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, but the Nazi items, I really like. I'm really surprised that they're even allowed to be sold in Germany. Like Germany usually keeps a pretty. They run a yeah, pretty that's tight weird. ship that regarding is weird anything Nazi-related. It is weird, isn't it? Listen, it makes me I feel mean, weird. The people that this is are direct. The people that this is directly affecting is saying it's a good thing, so that's great. But it's just, this is all seems so weird to me. How is this? How did you? How did he end up at like find out about this? Um, find about find out about this uh, auction happening. How did he get the idea that this is where I want to focus my philanthropy? I don't know. It's just. Is like uh, yeah, you also is couldn't you have just donated the money with to the to the group without having to buy the because uh, now what are they going to do with right. it? Resell it? It's like just <laughs> right. I was I was wondering the same thing. But if people say it's a good thing and and he and he he had a good heart about it, I mean I'm not I don't mean to fully shit on the guy. I just I just still have questions. You know I don't understand how right. how this is is how it's the best way to do it. But hey. I, I agree I agree with you, but at least he's trying. I, it to make is a at least nice to know that it's matters. not going to be it's not going to be a shrine in some in some uh, random bar's basement where people meet every Wednesday to talk about the white race or right. something. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. My next shout out goes out to uh, a Kenyan teacher um, named Tabichi who has donated 80% of his salary to underprivileged families. So here's the story, Jerry. Damn, um, and you may. And you may be wondering, well, how is he? How is he able to survive donating that much salary? Well, I will tell you, he did win a prize of one million dollars, but he also donated that, donated eighty <laughs> percent of the prize and his salary to underprivileged families. Tabichi, who teaches STEM education, but eighty percent is still uh, that's still two hundred thousand dollars. Still a lot for him. Yeah. Uh, right. 
Tabiti, who teaches STEM education at uh, Carico Mixed Day School located in the Pwani region of Kenya, has used his hard-earned money to fund initiatives focused on education, sustainable ag- agriculture, and peace building. He also serves as a mentor for students who are battling poverty. With his tutelage and support, I love that word, tutelage. Me too. With his tutelage and support, several students have gone on to receive awards for their accomplishments in STEM. Tabichi, who won the Varki Foundation's Global Teacher Prize in March for his continued efforts to empower students and the school's surrounding community, he was awarded a $1 million, surpri- uh, $1 million prize. Sorry, not surprise, but prize. <laughs> uh, he said, I'm immensely proud of my students. We lack facilities that many schools take for granted. As a teacher, I just want to have a positive impact not only in my country, but in the whole of Africa, he said in a statement. I want to use this award to empower and inspire society. I want to use it to address challenges that society is facing. I've been promoting STEM learning. Uh, so I think this is really amazing. It's really great. And he, he really is uh, a, an inspiration to not only teachers, but just people all over the world. So I think that's really great. Yeah. So Tabichi, we send you our love. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really awesome what you're doing. Uh, keep Spread being an inspiration love. to us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That takes a lot of uh, a lot of courage and a, and a lot of caring that I think a lot of people, including me, to be fair, don't have. Right. But you know what? I do have a lot of untranslatables. I got those out the uh, out the wazoo. You better believe it. You just started today, Jared. My first one is Tagalog. To Tagalog, is that how you say it? Tagalog, yeah. Okay. And it's kapal ning maka, and it means uh, thick face. Thick face. Not with two Cs. Thick face. (laughs) Damn, that's a thick face you got there. Okay, I see with that thick face. That has nothing to do with what the actual translator is. Can you give me an example? (laughs) Can you give me an example? I'm really not sure about this one. Um, when we were in college, for part of it, we were in a fraternity, or for a good bit of it, we were in a fraternity. Is it to be, is it to be drunk? No, but there was a lot of drunkenness happening around us. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, and um, what, com- what came from a lot of that drunkenness was a lot of, um, was a lot of um, sort of uh, embarrassing activities happening. Mm-hmm. And people waking up the next morning and either forgetting or not caring. And those people are very thick-faced people. And then they would continue to do it, and I'd say those people would be very thick-faced and not, you know. So it's like being stubborn. No, shameless. Oh, shameless. Ah, not being okay. afraid to make a fool of yourself, you know? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. All I right. don't know why that example came to me so quickly. Right. Uh, that's a good one though. I like it. I like it. All right. So my first one for you is Chinese and it is, uh, Wei Yu Chomo. And it means, uh, literally not yet rain bind around with silk, which is an idiom from the book of songs. Uh, but this means, uh, uh, when it doesn't rain plan ahead. Um, expect the unexpected. There we go. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. dig the well. I think be prepared. Be prepared. Because yeah. the I guess the, the the non-literal translation of this one is dig the well before you are thirsty. So to be prepared, mm. plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, okay. My I have another one and it's Slovene. 
and it's Kuzla Mu Uh I have a bitch jumping into their ass. Have a what jumping into their ass? Have a bitch jumping into their ass. Sounds like an insult you'd hear on like a, like a, uh, like back when they used to do like yo mama insults or something. Um, huh. Okay. <laughs> Assuming this is a negative one. Yeah, Jared? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, hmm. Is this like to, uh, like get kicked when you're down? Have a bitch jumping into the ass. The year's almost over. I got a sales quota, and I have a bitch jumping into uh, into my ass to get uh, these units out the door. A lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Under pressure. Or you're like, under pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Uh, I have a Russian one for you today, and it is Konya Valisalva, which means a horse did not roll around. A horse. To, is this is Russian. You said. This is Russian. Uh A horse did Mm -hmm. not roll around. Mm -hmm. It's like, stop being around the bush or stop playing games with me. Get to the point. Nope. Um, Let me tell you this this story, Jared, and maybe this will help you. Um, All right. So Russian peasants had a habit of giving some time for the horses to lie down before starting work. In due time, the horses would stretch their muscles um, and... uh, but because of this, there would be a slight delay in starting work. Oh, so it's just like you're slow to get started in the morning, essentially. Uh, eh, kind of, but not really. This phrase means that uh, what should have been done has not even been started yet. What should have been done has not even been st- Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I have a great untranslatable here to finish off this, uh, these, this untranslatable segment. It. It's also Slovene. And it's Skasijo Chev Plot. And it means to jump over the fence. Is this, like, this isn't like to jump to conclusions. Uh, no. No. Is this, to, is this to take the plunge and get married? No, but it does have to do with being in a relationship. That's kind of what I figured. Okay. But that's not about getting is this, married. Is this to do a long distance relationship? Um no. So say okay, you say it? um uh it's it means to cheat in a relationship, to jump over the fence. Oh. You know, to maybe Ooh, all right. think about it. Maybe you're jumping over the fence to the neighbor's house. Right. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with the milkman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. That's uh, fair. Why are we getting so much fair. milk think, recently? You've been jumping right. over the fence. No. Yeah, and I think that is a big concern and a big problem with a lot of long distance relationships. Jared is uh, is cheating. Yeah, and I think some of our. I don't. I don't know if I brought it up really on the podcast because I. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. What's the right term to say it? I didn't want to like roast my ex on our podcast but like that is why my last long distance relationship ended was because she cheated she uh, jumped over the fence definitely she did jump over the fence um and so uh but that is a really big concern i think with a lot of people in long distance relationships and i can tell you that i think one of the main issues with long distance relationships is especially if you've been living together for a certain amount of time and then you do long distance is that um 
it's a big adjustment going from living with someone to being completely alone. And I think if you don't, if I think in order to make a long distance relationship work, I mean, really to make any relationship work is you need to communicate things. And one thing that my ex didn't really communicate with me was before I left, she was having feelings like this wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And she didn't tell me about it. And I think she didn't tell me about it because I think she was worried that I would probably break things off with her. But the thing is, is that we would have both saved ourselves all sorts of heartache and, and problems and issues if we would have just talked about it. Um, and so I think being able to openly communicate even your biggest concerns and worries in a long distance relationship before it becomes long distance and while it becomes long distance is really crucial. Yeah, that's tough though. You know, just communication in general is is uh is tough. Uh, I suck at it. Um, luckily, I'm with someone that is good at it. It kind of forces that, that out of me, even though I still fight it sometimes. Right. Um, Why do you fight it? I don't know. I just I, I get uncomfortable. You know, when you have to start talking about feelings and mm. start talking about like things I want from another person, I, I feel like I don't like that. You know. Okay. Um, uh, but it usually is very helpful, you know, obviously. But that is also something that um, I that I that I, a lot of people need to work on is not just the the communication beforehand, but if if you are on on the on that uh, endeavor, excuse me, is to uh, consistently express your feelings though. So like even like absolutely like cons- like be consistent with telling people how you feel about them. And letting mm-hmm. them know that because, um, I mean, you should probably be doing that in person, like even if you guys are always around each other. But I think it's right. it's it's way easier for people to, uh, to, you know, wonder how it is people feel about them when they're so far away from them, too, where it's like, oh, man, is right. this person still thinking about me? How do they feel about me? And I think it's way sure. more important when you're far away from each other. So oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, just, I think that's. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please. I, I think that's uh, that's one of the mistakes that I made with my previous relationship is that um, I was trying to, I didn't want to make her worry more, um, but by me not expressing my feelings and how I felt, because like, yeah, I was concerned that we that it wasn't going to work, but I didn't want to bring those doubts and make her doubt, because I knew she was already kind of doubting things anyways, but in hindsight, right. I think... Regardless, you have to do that. It's tough. It's difficult for everybody. It's even difficult if you're not in a long-distance relationship, if you're doubting something or having any oh, yeah. issues. But it's yeah, yeah. really important to communicate those things. And I think if you do have doubts and you talk about them with your partner, unless it results in a breakup, I think it will actually bring you closer and make your relationship stronger. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Sure, sure. I still hate it, though. Um Right. (laughs) Uh, another important move to do i would say if you are gonna do the uh long distance relationship make appointments to talk and have it have it be Mm -hmm. a root like make it Mm -hmm. a routine uh because i think it's easy to to be like oh i wasn't able to do it now because something came up or something came up but if you already have that in your calendar something won't come up because it'll be like no now i know i have to like like i have to work around this and this is like uh, already already happening at this time, and I can't not be there. Right, and I think the other thing with long distance relationships is you really, you really have to prioritize your relationship because when you live together or are in the same state or city or town or whatever, it's very easy to see them. You know, especially mm-hmm. like if you're living together, you just come home from work and they're there. It's but with easy, the long distance relationship, it's harder not to see them. 
<laughs> right. In a long distance relationship, you have to really prioritize. Um, and I think that one of the best things you can do in a long distance relationship, and frankly, in a relationship in general, is give your partner your time and your attention. Because, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, presents are nice. Yeah, compliments are nice. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things in relationships that are nice. But I think really the, the most important thing is giving someone your time and your attention. You know, really listening to somebody. And I think that's even more important in a long-distance relationship because all you really have for periods of time is communication. You don't have that physical connection mm -hmm. um, that you did when you were living together. Uh, so you really need to prioritize and emphasize um, talking to one another. Uh, so I would agree with you, Jared. You need to set a set time or appointment or schedule, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I have a slightly different... I have some questions I want to ask you. Now, these aren't fully related, though. Um, is it easier to fall in love uh, when you're abroad and why? Do you mean like abroad or just in a long distance relationship? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, if you meet someone in a different country somewhere, uh, mm -hmm. is it easier to uh, to turn that in, like, to fall in love with that person or be like, oh my gosh, we have to keep this going? If you were say, if you meet someone in um, in Germany at a Christmas market, and it's like, oh, we've had such a great month together, but now I'm must go back home. No, please, we can make this work. That's a great question, Jared. Um, I'm not really sure. I think it, I think it really depends on the circumstance and the people. Uh, I know that's a lame answer, and I know that's probably not mm -hmm. the answer you want. It is wanted. a lame answer. Um, it is, but I, I mean, I think it. Every relationship is different, you know. I think that um, in a lot of cases, I think there's something different though about a relationship abroad that you don't get from a relationship at home because I think there are some levels of like excitement and exoticness. Mm -hmm. But I think at the same time, I think you can re personally, I think a lot of times it might be easier to relate to someone who comes from the same culture and the same background as you because in yeah, that's theory, true. you have more in common. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I mean, I've, I've been in serious relationships with American girls, uh, also with uh, German girls as well. Um, and at least in my experience, I don't, I wouldn't say that I fell in love faster with the girls abroad than I did with the girls back in the States, but I think it was just a different type of connection, um, very different type of connection. And I think there is some level of mystery to a relationship abroad, which I think some people really like. Uh, when I was younger, I liked it. Now I wouldn't go for it again. Um, you don't like mystery. I think anymore? that's because I, I, I n not really. No, maybe I'm getting <laughs> older, Jared, and I like to be more transparent about things. But um, yeah, no, I understand. I, it's that hard too. to say though. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I understand. What I you will mean, say that. I will say this though about long distance relationships. Depend now, if you've already been together before it was long distance. Um, I would say that's a whole different ball game than if you are getting to know somebody on a long distance basis and then decide to do a relationship. Because the interesting thing about a long distance relationship is that um, if you're living at least in different countries and you can't visit very often, it takes the physical connection completely out of the equation. So it's interesting because you really, I think, get to know that person for who they are. 
Um, and I think it's changed as you and I have gotten older, but I know at least when I was younger, there were definitely relationships I had that were more based on the physical to, to not get graphic. Whereas <laughs> when you do a long distance relationship, um, it can't be physical, you know, now it's one yeah. thing if you're in a different state or a different country and you can go see them every month, then you can still build that physical connection over time. But if you're, you know, five, six months away or 10 months away, um, you don't have that physical connection. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to build a relationship that's not based on like a physical connection. But then it's also a little strange when you are together and then can start to build that physical relationship because it feels a little uneven because you have all this, you have this like deep emotional connection, but you haven't really had that much of a physical connection. So it's kind mm. of interesting. Do you think the um, a long distance rela- relationship is a good way to test your relationship? Like, like uh, you're like, well, we have to go. I have to go away, and uh, I guess this is a good way to find out if we really are meant to be with each other. We're, since we're gonna have to actually. Mm. We'll, like right. we'll make the effort to just, just talk to each other with nothing, you know, right. no other, we're not getting anything else from it. Um, and yeah. I think, I think I'm going to give you a yine, which is German mm. for yes and no. I actually, no, you know what? Scratch that. I'm going to say yes. I will give you a yes because um, with my, with my previous relationship, I really thought, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like if, if it would have worked out with her in the long, you know, the, the year I was in the Czech Republic, I probably would have really seriously been thinking about uh, proposing to her and getting engaged and maybe marrying her. Um, but it didn't work out. And now I know it was all for the best. And I'm, and now I'm glad it didn't work out. I mean, she was a wonderful girl and we had a great time when we were together, but, um, but you know, I do think it's a good test. I don't think you should do a long you know, she doesn't relationship listen to, this podcast, to test way. it. Just so you know. <laughs> she she knew I, she knew I was going to China, actually. Okay. So be careful Wait, what you hey, say, buddy. Where's that five star review? If you feel so bad <laughs> about <laughs> jumping over the right. fence, the least you could do to make Chad uh, feel better is give him a five star review. For and <laughs> anyways, Jared. Anyways, um, so I don't know. I think. I think it I guess so. I think it can I think it can definitely show you how strong your relationship is, but it also shows you the flaws and the cracks or the chinks in the armor of your relationship. Because I had thought that we communicated pretty well mm-hmm. and I realized after I got abroad that like there were a lot of things we didn't talk about before I left that were concerns. There were just a lot of things that that like, you know, you, you start to see some of the flaws if, if your relationship isn't as strong as you initially thought, which can be a good or a bad thing. It can give you an opportunity to try to fix those things. It can also cause you to drift farther apart or to jump over the fence. Mm-hmm. And then the relationship ends. The funny thing is, though, Jared, if you would have asked me, uh, even after I came back from the Czech Republic, would I do a long distance relationship again? I would have told you no. But... I have recently had a change of heart for numerous reasons, but I think the main reason is I think if you have an end goal with your long-distance relationship, so say, so yes. I'm just going to use you and I as an example. So say Jared and I are a couple. We are a podcasting couple, mm-hmm. and maybe Jared doesn't like the fact that I'm in China and we have this really strange time change and all this stuff, and Jared says, no, I want to do only in-person podcasts 
or we're yes. breaking up, the untranslatable podcast will not be together anymore, um, then I would say the way to... Obviously, you shouldn't be giving your partner ultimatums. Uh, I don't think that's a healthy way to do, <laughs> do this or else but I'll just, break up with you is never a good... Uh, exactly. means you're probably but, not in a good spot. Exactly. Definitely not. If you hit the ultimatum point, then you really need to be rethinking things. <laughs> but my whole point for this crazy example is that um, there needs to be some end goal. So I tell Jared to calm Jared down. I go, okay, Jared, I'll only spend this amount of time in China and then I'll come back to Michigan and focus solely on our podcast with you in person. So I think... Obviously, you don't want to make ultimatums, but I think you should come to some type of timeline or plan with your partner. You know, okay, well, I'll spend the next six months doing this and working here, but after that, you know, I'll find a job where you are or near where you are so we don't have to... Because I think most people don't want a permanent long-distance relationship. Maybe there are some people out there who do want that. And there are advantages and disadvantages to long-distance relationships. But I, I think in the long run, you need to have a plan of... When is the long distance going to end? Yeah, I mean, of course you can't. I agree. You can't like you can't live like that forever, and um, it, it might start seeming like forever if there's no actual uh, end date to it. Like we know when mm-hmm. you were in Czech Republic, you're like, "Well, I'll be back in ten months." That's the end date. Right. Um, and so, yeah, no, I I completely understand that too, and I, I agree. I, I and I think it also makes it uh, harder. To, or e- easier to to um, to like stay stay committed to it if if you have like a something to look forward to you know or it's like who Absolutely. knows when, when this will stop being like this you said there are some benefits what do you think are some benefits of a long distance some relationship benefits of a long distance relationship well I think one with a now how do I say this you have your bed I to yourself you can, that's nice that i don't know man i i'm a cuddler i like mm. i like having I can't sleep my, like that, though. my special someone in in my bed um but uh yes well i would say you get to i don't know if this is really an advantage or a disadvantage it depends on the person but you get more you get more solitude and you can live your own life but i think at the same time like the whole point of being in a relationship is to share your life with someone mm-hmm. so so it really depends on what you like and what you're into um, I just know that some people really like having the freedom and independence that you get from a long distance relationship. Um, yeah. So I uh, think now that maybe for that's, some that's, that's, that's definitely that, an advantage. That's a good way to put it, though. The independence, uh, I think, is the key. Mm-hmm. The key part. Not not that you can saying you can live your own life does seem a little harsh, <laughs> but it, it it does it does it is nice sometimes to have the freedom to to go places where you want and not be on on that kind of schedule now maybe you have a schedule where it's like we're gonna talk on the phone at this time but you're not you're not like and 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 maybe there's maybe there's less of the like you know um yeah no i'd say yeah it really is just the freedom um and i would also say this um this is kind of like a consolation prize but absence does make the hardcore fonder i'll say that Um, it definitely does and so when you when, when the reuniting does happen that's usually like a that's that that's usually a good experience, uh, a, a, a lot of uh, happy emotions. Oh my gosh, we right. did it! Oh my gosh, hey, oh look, we're seeing each other right. again. I would have never thought. That's nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think another big advantage of long distance relationships is, well, now granted, these are all when we're talking about this, we're all talking about healthy long distance relationships, right? Uh, but I think another advantage of a healthy long distance relationship is I think you really. Um, 
you really get to appreciate your partner and the bond you have and your relationship. You know, because it's not easy to do a long distance. I mean, relationships in general aren't easy, let alone a long distance relationship. Uh, You know, you might be battling different time zones, completely different schedules, feeling like you're not a part of that person's life anymore, which which can really be a a, a really negative feeling. You know, when when you think when you tell when your partner tells you all the great things they've been doing, yeah, seeing them have fun without you, right, right. Um, but at the same time, I think it does make you really appreciate and not take the relationship for granted. Um, because I think it can be easy if you've been dating someone for a long time and you live together, it just becomes, everything becomes normal, right? But then when you're apart, I think you do, and this also is kind of related to your absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think it does make you appreciate even the little things that you maybe took for granted um, when you were living together or not doing a long distance relationship. I can definitely relate to maybe starting to feel like a burden if you see like your significant other via social media or like while talking to you talking about how much fun they're having or like how mm-hmm. great their friends are and all that stuff. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, but now you have to come back at nine o'clock from your fun times to come talk to me. It's like I'm really slowing you down, you know. Right. Uh, I could see yeah, how you that just would... can't have that mindset. You just can't have that mindset. Um, because I think at the same time that they, they wouldn't. Usually, I would say they wouldn't be doing that if they didn't want to. Because I think That's another true. important sure. thing about making a long-distance relationship work, Jared, is you have to also be flexible. You know, if something pops up spontaneously and they're like, well, you know, there's this really cool event going on, you know, in downtown Ferndale right now, and I really want to check it out. Um, I think you also need to be flexible and be willing to make a lot of compromises. And that's with a relationship in general, let alone a long-distance relationship. But you also have to tread the line lightly. And carefully, because if you're doing this all the time when you have, you know, your schedule talks, maybe what you need to do then is find a different time to just talk regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I feel like not not as I have this have this conversation. I feel like I'm better equipped for a long distance relationship because we do this podcast. <laughs> it's kind of like our long distance <laughs> relationship. It is in a lot of ways. Um, how do you feel about um, arguments during a long distance relationship? They never get solved. Um, I would disagree with that. I think they do get solved. I think okay. they can get solved. Uh, but it once again, a- I think you need to be completely honest. You need to really communicate openly. Arguing um, through text messages is a shit show. Yeah, don't do that. No. <laughs> I, yeah, you really should not do that. Um, you need to talk. That only on the phone bad. or Skype. Yeah, because text messages, it's hard to interpret the tone. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to interpret the tone and... And yeah, how's she gonna know I'm being passive aggressive and not serious about what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. All Jared does is passive aggressiveness. People, that's that's all Jared does. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say with arguments, yeah, you can't you can't rely on text messaging only. And I also think that you need to really try to. And once again, a lot of these tips work in a regular relationship as well, not only a long distance relationship. But I think a long distance relationship, it's even more crucial to. You need to really try to empathize and see where they're coming from, you know, yes. because sometimes, you know, you may be accustomed to long distance relationships, but maybe your significant other, this is their first one, or you may enjoy a long distance relationship, but your partner may really be struggling. And so you have to really try to, you know, um, uh, what's the phrase, Jared? You have to really try to like walk a mile in their shoes and really see how they're feeling um, in order to solve, I think, a lot of arguments. 
Yeah. But yeah, don't do text messages. Yeah. No. Like, you no. text each other, but don't argue via text message. I've that's had arguments super, get super way dangerous. worse because, um, you know, just because of a typo, you know? <laughs> that's true. That's true. I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, that's not what I meant. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think... I think I'm with you on all of this. I try my hardest in general to just avoid av- avoid them, you know? And it's easy now oh, that I'm back in the U.S. and all that stuff, and, and I'm not in school, and I don't have a job that really requires much movement. Um, right. But I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I feel like I'm not equipped for it, and I don't like it. I don't want it, you know? Mm. Right. I, and, I've done it before, look, too, I, and it's just like, I'm, I feel right. like, I, I don't know. It's difficult. They're not easy. But I think if you're with the right person, and like we said, you do have that end goal, um, I think it's yeah. worth it. Now, the interesting thing, though, Jared, is even even two years ago, um, I wasn't at the point in my life or my career where I felt like I could up and move for a relationship. But mm-hmm. the funny thing is now I feel a little bit more settled in my career. I feel more confident in being able to find a job almost anywhere I go. Now, obviously, the pay will be different. Um, the quality of work, the quality of life will be different. But now I'm actually at a point in my life where I really want... I want to... I don't, I don't really... I hate the term settle down. But I really want to find that person that I want to spend my days with. Uh, I think that's a better way to put it than settling down. And uh, And my whole point for this is that I think that you need to be at a point in your life either where the relationship is so important to you that you are willing to give up mm-hmm. um, a potential job offer to move with that person to, to make that end goal not be a long-distance relationship or you need to be a point in your career where you feel confident enough that, all right, if I need to move to a different country or a different state, um, I could do that with this person and find a job and everything would be okay financially. Are you uh, willing to not ever uh, move back to the U.S. like a Steve Walsh style? That's a tough one. Maybe. Maybe. But see, here's the beauty as a teacher, Jared. As a teacher, if if I continued, you know, my career as a teacher, I at least could, in theory, come back every summer. Now, it's not ideal. That's true. I, I don't see myself living abroad permanently. But you also never know where life is going to take you. Um, yeah. I, I, I bet really you Steve Walsh would have said, partner. I brought him up because he did that. But right. I bet you he also probably didn't see that happening when he was first coming here. Right. So, right. Or not here. But I, think the, at the know, same, I think at the same time, though, too, if your quality of life is better abroad than it would be. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this because of Steve as an example, because I think he had a very good quality of life back in the States before he moved abroad. Mm-hmm. But I think... I think a lot of it also depends on your career options, your quality of life. I'm not going to lie to you, Jared. I am not 100% sold on raising a family in the United States. Unless you have a good job with really good health care. Um, if you have any serious health issues or your children do, it's incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a cliche and a stereotype, but I also worry too about are my children going to get gunned down in their classroom? I mean, it's you know, very I'm valid. Sure- there's a very that's a very valid right. uh, concern these days. So I mean, raising a family in the United States, I'm not sure if it's the best country to raise a family. Uh, I know at least in Europe there are really good social programs. 
I'm not so sure about China because I don't know enough about it, but it seems like the quality of life here for kids in China is pretty good. The only negative thing that I've seen is parents really overwork their kids here, but that's mm-hmm. also only because they want the best for their children. It, it doesn't come from a negative place, but whether or not that's healthy is a whole different conversation we, we can have. Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with you. So um, you think you're willing to uh, to to dabble in it. You're just now, you, maybe you'd, you have, it's it's not even that you're, you're more... Um, like you're more aware. You're, let's put it this way: you just have more experience. You just have know what to look out for better and how to prepare for it better. That's what I'm looking in to a long say. distance relationship. You mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And and I have to say that I want to thank all of the all of the girls that I dated in the past, long distance or otherwise, because although we're wow. not together anymore, they they taught me they taught me a lot. I learned a lot from my relationships. I really do treasure the time we had together. Um, I think there's maybe only one ex, really, that I have bad blood with. Um, and you could probably guess which one that is. We will not <laughs> say her on the podcast, but you could probably all guess right. which one. Um, airing all my dirty laundry today, I guess. Yeah, um, I think th- this is clearly a good sign that it's time to go on to the song of the pod. <laughs> now that you're well, giving let, shout let outs just, to just your girlfriend overall. Just, let, me just say, <laughs> let me just say this before we get to the song of the pod, Jared. The whole reason why I said that was... I think it is really important to have enough experience in your life and in relationships to know whether or not you can do a long distance relationship. But if you are on the fence about it, uh, whether or not the relationship will be successful, just communicate with your partner. Really make mm-hmm. sure you tell them what your doubts are, what your concerns are. Also, though, too, like why why do you want to make this long distance relationship work? Um, so yeah, but anyways, let's talk about. I the have song actually now that I think about it. I know I said I was gonna. Mm-hmm. I have one more tip: sending physical letters. Uh, the small that small amount of effort uh, goes a long way when uh, in a long distance relationship. So occasionally sending physical mail is a is a is a useful tip to try it out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Artigi, well, tell us about the song of the pod today, Jared. Who is it, and what's the name of the song? Uh, this song is called. I'm pulling up the name of it right now. This song is called Nis. Well, uh, uh, Nisma. Nis. Did you ask me to to say it because you don't know how to pronounce it? Because you're the one that sent yes. me the song. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's yeah. French. I know you have more French experience. Yeah, his name is Niska. Niska, and the song is called Batiment. And um, he's a French rapper, and uh, I like his style. French rap is a good combination. You, I, I, it's you, cool. You've heard of this guy. You heard of this guy from Colors, and Colors features a lot of uh, uh, multicultural artists and a lot of great French-speaking hip-hop artists too. I found a lot of good mm-hmm. French hip-hopists, and he's another good French hip-hopist. He also has sections where he um, raps like super fast, like tr- double time, mm-hmm. triple time. I like yeah. that a lot. It reminds me of like Twister yeah, or something. Really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the, the French rhymes. Yes, yes. The French language <laughs> is is a very good is very conducive to hip hop, and this is a great song. I like it. It was a great choice. Yeah, I like his flow. It's the mm-hmm. music video is also pretty cool. He's sitting in a basketball hoop at some point. Yes, he's walking yes. an alligator on a leash with diamonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that course. was something else as well. Taking you know, stunting to the next level. Gator. That's right. Is that how you know you've made it, Jared, when you have a pet alligator on a diamond leash? I think it's when... It doesn't have to be specifically an alligator, but when you have an unnecessary animal of prey. You know, like Mike Tyson used to have that tiger 
Um, right. <laughs> the, sometimes you could like I've seen pictures of like um, like a Middle Eastern guy driving around in um, the cheetah. Yes. yes. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's so just unnecessary uh, big cats or predators is a sign right. of of making it, and so I think the alligator is an extension of that. Oh, but the sure. alligator is kind of a, it's kind of uh, like that's not as hard because um, you don't need to put much of a constraint on an alligator's mouth for it not to open. And the alligator True. mouth is really its only main like da- like aspect of danger. So once that's closed off, like it's not really dangerous, is it? I mean, I don't want to be around it. Let's be clear. I don't- <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think their tails are also very powerful. Oh, but I don't think they I can, can kill that. you with it. Maybe they could. I don't know. It's a Does good it question. Beat you with it? Yeah, it's an awesome That'd song. Be hilarious though. to uh, watch. Really good. Great flow. Um, so yeah, check that out on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, on our Song of the Pod playlist, and bump it because it is a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we definitely think you'll like it. So Jared, my Chinese word of the pod today is uh, guanxi, and guanxi means uh, relationship. And guanxi, though, in China is interesting because it refers to relationship, but guanxi also refers to how people build relationships here in China, which is I do something nice for you, you remember that, and then when I ask you to do something nice for me, you also do that. So it has kind of a different connotation here in China, I believe. It's very tit-for-tat, you know, it's like, yes. I did something good for you. Don't forget that. Right. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. You know, is that... Is that um, I'm not even going to go there. Um, my Spanish word of the pod is uh, novio or novio or novia. Girlfriend or boyfriend. Yes. Novio novia. Have you heard of that before? Did I'll you know that? I'll give you a bonus. I, I have. I'll give okay. you a bonus one, though, Jared. I'll give you a bonus Spanish word. This is Chilean Spanish. And in Chile, they actually, uh, in Chile, they call their boyfriends and girlfriends um, pololo and polola. It's kind of a fun fact for you. And that means boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't know why they use is that, that like word. like chicken-based? Does that have anything to do with chicken? It's not. Well, it's, I don't think so. But that's a different word. That's a different word. Yeah, pollo. That's a different right. word. Um, but yeah, right. but yeah, I just remember my uh, good friend Robert in high school teaching me that one, and I thought that was really cool because he was showing me the difference between like proper Spanish and Chilean slang, and that's like when a I super was, popular word. It's pololo. When I was pulling the Spanish word of the pod, I, there was a part of me thinking like this is like the dictionary version of it, but I'm I, I know there's got to be like a more chill way to say that that I'm not getting. No, I think that's well. I think I mean pololo is slang, but I think that's. Uh, um, I think novio and novia is just the common term for it. Boyfriend, okay. girlfriend. You know, we okay. Yeah, that's true. We that's what we um, say. Yeah, right. Main squeeze. Yeah, yeah. I like that one in English. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Well, Jared, I think it's time to recap our episode today, and uh, I think we definitely talked about a lot of good tips in long term, long distance relationships. I will say, if it's with the right person, obviously, I think they're still one hundred percent worth it. They're not easy. Uh, you really need to uh, take a lot of time. You need to really put a lot of effort into uh, not only communicating, but still expressing your feelings and letting your partner know that um, how you feel about them. Because I think when you can't give them any physical affirmations of how you feel, uh, all you have is communication. So you really need to use that. Um, you need to prioritize the relationship. What else am I missing, Jared? 
Um, you need to, um, oh, as I said a second ago, send physical stuff. That's, they, uh, um, maybe, um, have a, a events or activities you guys do together. Maybe watch a show together or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's another thing. And uh, this is a weird thing that I just thought of. That's another thing that I struggle. I, I I've struggled with in long distance relationships is having things to talk about. Because you don't really have as much stuff in common anymore, you know. Like, like, like right. you're, you, you, you run out of uh, commonalities. So I think ha- having having things that you still do can can manage to do together, even long distance, helps you know have some of that, um, just something to talk about, you know. Absolutely, and I would say a, a tip of that, Jared, is. Um, well, maybe this is a bad tip, but I would say sometimes too, you just have to embrace the silence. Uh, sometimes, you know, you oh, just have to, yeah. you have to acknowledge that you've talked about everything, but I think there's also, this may sound weird and kind of silly, but I also think there's something comforting of just being on the phone or like FaceTiming or Skyping with someone where you just, you can see them and it, it makes the distance feel less because you're still kind of with them. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah, like you're with them, and and you don't always. Yeah, you don't always have to fill up that that time with with it. Yeah, it's kind of like um a replacement for if you were with someone, uh, you know, in this in the same location. You don't always have to uh be talking to each other just to be uh, you know around each other. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think no, that's I'm really important to keep in mind. Um, I'd, I'm, I'm the, with you on that, but I struggle with mm-hmm. just long amounts of silence. I always have headphones on, or I'm always listening to something, so that would be right. a little tough for me. But right, you know. embrace it, buddy. You got to embrace yeah. the silence. And the last thing too with long distance relationships, I think if you want them to be successful, you really need to think of that end goal. You know, am I going to move where you are? Or are you going to move where I am? What is our timeline? How are we going to make this work? Because it. It does seem very futile and and foolish to continue a relationship when there is no end in sight. When it's mm-hmm. like, well, we're just going to be separated for four or five years. I mean, yes, there are some success stories of people doing that. I personally don't know how they do it. Um, I think yeah, my I threshold either. for a long distance relationship. Now, it obviously depends on how often you could see them, but I, I would say if I couldn't see them, um, and if we didn't have an end goal in sight, I don't know if I could go much longer than a year or a year and a half. Um, yeah. If there's no end I mean, goal in, in sight. I mean, in theory, I'm with you, but that seems like a long time too. Right. Um, it, although it is a long time, I also think, like, and this was always kind of my response when my ex was concerned about 10 months, is I told her, well, 10 months isn't that long if you spend your life together. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that's deep, so, Chad. It is deep, isn't it? And I think on that note, that's where we'll end today's episode because I think that's a good you know, period or exclamation point on today's episode. You betcha. So if you have any tips, though, on long-distance relationships or want to tell us a story of your successful or even failed long-distance relationship, shoot us an email at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. You can see all sorts of pictures of Jared's and my bromance and our long-distance podcasting relationship on Instagram, untranslatablepodcast. And if you need some... Uh, new songs in a foreign language or want to learn a little bit more about foreign culture through music check out our song of the pod playlist on youtube on translatable podcast and lastly please five-star reviews on itunes and stitcher 
Let us know Bye how y'all. we can make this podcast better for you. We would really appreciate it. So, as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Te cuídame, muchas gracias, and shisha. Sure.